Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome to a new episode of International Marmalade. This is, I think, episode number five. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. that's what I wrote on everything. <laughs> um, I'm Gemma Bastiani, host of Australian Jams, which this this is a bonus episode of. Obviously, that's how you're listening to it. And that is... Mix Everett. Hey, Mix. Hi, Gemma. How's it going? Yeah, all right. All right. All right. It's, been a, it's been a wild week. It's Monday. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, last week. <laughs> yeah, I think last week was horrible for a lot of people. Yeah. Or just um, stressful, I should say, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we've just spent half an hour of me talking your ear off about AFLW trades. <laughs> I've been riveted. <laughs> that is sarcasm, if no one else can yeah. tell. <laughs> um, yeah, what else has been happening? Well, you know, getting out heaps, um, hanging out with all my mates, going to the to that local bar. No, none of that, of course. Um, yeah, stage four came in after our last episode, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. So, what we're a week and a bit into stage four now, mm. um, or a bit bit more than that, maybe. Oh, I hope it's more than that. To be honest, yeah. maybe we're two weeks in. I think it's got to be two weeks, because if it's meant to end on the 13th of September, it's got yes. to be only four and a half weeks left. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, we're at least... We're coming up to two weeks, maybe, I think. Yeah. In fact, two two days short of two weeks. Yeah. At the time of recording. Mix's birthday is the day we're meant to be getting out of stage four, so everyone cross your fingers for that. Yes. Yeah, thanks for putting that out there. I hope to receive many a happy birthday wish. Please, everyone, follow up on that. <laughs> Mix is that Mix Everett on Twitter. I am. I is am. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Okay, good. <laughs> and, and the same on Insta as well. Same on Instagram. Which do you yeah. prefer, actually? I'm always curious. Oh, see, I've always been an Instagram person. Um, really? Twitter is something I perhaps just read more than actually participate in. I just, you know, when there's a new episode of a podcast out that I've done, then I'll share it on there, but occasionally i'll like reply to something but not as often as as i should i think yeah well you shouldn't feel obliged to do anything on social Mm. but i get what you mean yeah i'm the exact opposite 
if I mean you would know this more than anyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. mute me when footy games are on? No. I say I'm not on Twitter enough. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I would not be surprised if a lot of people have me muted during footy season. It's fine. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> as long as they then unmute you. For all my good music recommendations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of, actually, I almost <laughs> cheated this week uh, with my song choices, but then decided not to, because there's a an EP that came out much earlier this year that I just love so much, and I listened to again um, this week coming into this recording, and I just so sneakily wanted to choose one of the songs from it because I just wanted to like highlight it again, but then I was like, no... Mm. Do the right thing. Has to be new music. So I want to shout it out now. Um, Jax Anderson, who used to go by Flint Eastwood, she released an EP earlier this year that is unbelievable. And the song Heal is just the best. Um, the, and she created a video of it all on her own as well, where it was just her in a room, an empty room, with an iPod in, obviously listening to the song and, like, mouthing it and just, like, dancing to it and then, like, got quite emotional at one point and covered her face up and, like... And then, obviously, it was just all one shot and then edited it to put in, like, captions almost. So, like, Mm. at this point, I got really sad and decided to sit down and cry for a bit and, like, stuff like that. It's such a good clip and clearly just one person's mind coming... Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, really cool. Yeah. So yeah, everyone go and listen to that EP because it's so good and I really wanted to talk about it in this episode. <laughs> Have you heard it? No, no, I haven't. This no. is all brand new information to me. Well, I highly recommend everyone goes and listens to it. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah, I just realized my overalls are a bit broken. That's sad. I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> it's like coming out. You can't see that. No. So everything I'm wearing is black, so nothing makes sense. Um, no, I am wearing a Beck Sandridge t-shirt with a big boxing glove on it, which is nice. Ah, I was wondering, I thought, yeah, try and save me. I thought, what is that? I thought, that, yeah. that I know that line from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. That's good. Um, but we came here to talk about international music. We did. As the bonus episode of Australian Jams. We did. Um... We've each chosen our three songs as always, and I I knew this was going to happen when I chose my songs, because I didn't, I didn't look at yours until I chose mine and went to respond to your email, and I knew that I would look, like, really basic, and you would look all <laughs> cool and, like, underground with your song choices. I've chosen the most basic of songs, like, basic as in popular, I guess, which is not a problem. Yeah. Um, so you bring the, uh, the interesting, cool I guess. Factor. Yeah. And I bring the obvious but still want to talk about it factor. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you thought when you saw what I chose as well, right? Oh, look, I did think oh, well, one of us was going to talk about... Uh, should, should we... Uh, mention what's coming up. Oh, I guess people can read the. People can read. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought one of us was definitely going to talk about the Taylor Swift record. Well, you clearly knew that it wasn't going to be you. Cause no. You didn't well, I nearly. <laughs> it was on my long list. There was a song. I really, was on I'm my surprised because yeah. last time I chose Taylor Swift, you were like, ugh, 
Oh no, was that because it was a Christmas song or was that because it was a Taylor Swift song? Oh, I can't remember. You didn't like it either way. <laughs> was it there, there was a song off the record before called Lover, I think. It was like a Yeah. Like a waltz almost in its time signature. Yeah. Um not not a waltz, sorry, it was like Or maybe it was, I don't know. Music theory. Uh, I've lost. I've lost all the music theory I once held. Um, yeah. No. I, I'm. I haven't properly listened to this new record as of yet. But you know what? Okay. We'll talk about that uh, when we come to talk about the song we're going to talk about from her. Uh, do you want to start us <laughs> off though? Do we want to actually go into the music we've chosen in the order we've chosen? Yes. Yes. Look. Let's yes. do that. Um, I wanted to start off with a band called Pinch. Uh, P- with a Y. Yeah, P-Y-N-C-H. Um, this is their song, Somebody Else. Uh, I knew nothing about Pinch. I think they're... I think, and I could be wrong, I think they're relatively new. Um, I love it because it reminds me of so many other bands and and one song in particular. Um it reminds me a heap of Black Bugs by Regurgitator. Yeah. Um, just in the in the kinds of instrumentation. Um, but then there's like really clear like strokes vibes in this, um, and I guess the more indie side of LCD sound system. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, to to me, it just. Like, it feels like a big old warm hug. Um, yeah. Yeah. The lyrics, I think, are very frank. Like, they, yeah. they're right out there. And there was one in particular that I pulled out. Um, got a job and went to school, did everything I was supposed to do. Just, like, it's very just, like, this is all the things I was told to do. I did them. It didn't work kind of mm. thing. And I liked I liked that a lot. Um, the sound, though, it's very, like, early 2000s, at, like, Strokes reference, as you said. Yeah. But, like, also could be part of the Freaks and Geeks soundtrack or something like oh, that yeah. because of the bass. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. And then there's this synth thrown in there that feels like completely random but is also great. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the regurgitator kind of uh, touch for me. Yeah. And, like, I loved that record unit from, from the Gurge and just anything that kind of calls upon from the some Gurge. of those ideas. You know, it's a young... What that came out like ninety seven or something ninety eight, maybe later. I was I was seven. I was like thirteen or fourteen, and yeah, it was. I think it was the first record I bought. No, my mum bought it for me because we were in Montage Music, this little music shop in Williamstown where I grew up. Back when wow. there were actual independent CD stores, um, and. Yeah, I asked mum, can I get this? Because it had the R18 Plus sticker on the front. Yeah. That very super famous album cover of theirs. Uh, And I don't think mum saw that sticker. She said, yeah, sure. And I went up to the guy and the guy said, yeah, sure, here you go. Clearly I was like, I don't know, 14. Fourteen or fifteen, but it all worked out okay, right? You're not scarred for life. No, no, I, I learned a lot of interesting words. 
Um, and, you know, like soundtracked some, some important times with some pretty great music. I think uh, it's funny. We were talking before we jumped on um, about teaching and how we'd both been teaching and things like that. I think I spoke, I taught my students about regurgitated just last week. So mm. there you go. It all fits. It all yeah. fits in. Um, should we listen to a little bit of this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Pinch with somebody else. Yeah, life is strange, but at least you got paid. At least you look like you got something to say. Reading marks just to pass the time. An evening class and product design. The cigarettes are gonna smoke themselves. Can't live your life for anyone else. That was Pinch with somebody else. Gemma, what have we got next? Um... Oh yes, sorry. I forgot that we ordered. I forgot we ordered these before we recorded, which I don't normally do on Australian jams, and it threw me off. Um, my first one for today is completely unsurprising. I've chosen the new Cold War Kids song called "Somewhere." Um, I saw. I, I didn't even realize they were releasing new music, but I saw on Twitter Matt Morst, um, who's the bassist in this band. Uh, he tweeted that it's his favourite song they've ever released and he's really excited about it and all this sort of stuff and that made me go and look for it. Um, it's definitely got more of an early Cold War Kids sound and especially the way the vocals are mixed, I think it's very like hospital beds sort of stuff but with a lot of the kind of production that the newer stuff has so it does have that touch of nostalgia about it which I really, really liked because that's the music that got me into Cold War Kids as a year 10 student originally, you know? So that was really exciting to me. And I just really like this because of that. Mm. So yeah, no shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved Hospital Bed when it came out all those years ago. When I first heard this one, I must say the, um, the voice threw me. A fair bit. And this sounds really horrible, but it sounds like if Meatloaf was trying to sound current. Really? Yeah, there's a big kind of uh, strained sort of voice uh, that's going on here. Um, Mind you, as it kicked into gear, especially when those drums dropped in, uh, you know, I, I could definitely get around it. I think that's just his voice, though. Yeah, I know. And clearly, I haven't listened to a lot of Cold War Kids in well, in a long, long, long time. You know, Hospital Big, what came out in the mid-2000s or something, or late, late 2000s 2007? or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Because I remember listening to it at a friend's place, and yeah, I hadn't been to that there, to that place in, in well over a decade, yeah. I mean, th- there are sort of... It also reminds me a bit of early Kings of Leon as well, like Aha Heartbreak, yeah. that era, just in some of the instrumentation. I think uh, I think this so- the reason I like this song so much is because it's a really good balance between the early stuff that's like, you know, um, 
what's it fucking called? The big song from that album. Not Hospital Beds, but whatever it was. Fuck, I can't even remember now. Um, and then the newer stuff, like Skip the Charades and um, all that sort of stuff. The the Definitely the back half of the song and the choruses feel more modern, but the way the vocal is mixed keeps that nostalgic part of it, which I really like. So it's kind of yeah. a merging of the two, like the early and then what it, the complete progression of the band and putting those two things together with without that in-between stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you mean hang me up to dry? Yes, thank yeah. you. Why couldn't I, all I could think in my head was skip the charades. I'm like, that's not the song I'm talking about. That's not the song I'm talking about. But yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was right, like 2007. I'm just looking him up on Spotify right now. And that record, um, Robbers and Cowards, came out in 2007. There you go. Yeah. I was in year 11. But then they, they had the, that was their second album, wasn't it? There was one before it. Ah. Or maybe there was one after it. Whichever one was right next to that one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the And I think the start of the song as well, their use of space in the song, which is very mm. reminiscent of that earlier stuff as compared to, the, like, Flying Upside Down and, and songs like that that are very much just, like, out-and-out rock songs. Mm. The earlier ones, they use a lot of that space and that kind of weird timing to keep you off guard and to focus everything on the vocal and the lyric. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, the finding the two, the balance between both of those things in this song has been really nice. Yeah. And it also made me remember when I got to interview Matt and Nathan at Falls Festival, which was, like, great for me. And I was wearing my <laughs> Trotsky's T-shirt. It was a great day. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I like Cold War Kids. You don't, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, should we hear some of it? <laughs> sure. This is Somewhere by Cold War Kids. We'll be back. You don't care about money. No, we didn't have a cent. Couple of nobodies. We ain't seen nothing yet. When you live on borrowed time, you can't help but smile. So I'm bleeding for you You just heard a bit of Somewhere by Cold War Kids, a song I really like, but Mix doesn't. So let's hear something Mix does like. Well, I mean, I, I mean that that's slightly unfair. I didn't say I didn't <laughs> like it. I said once it kicked in, I got around it. I could get yeah, around yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, if we want to go from one song that, that you love and supposedly I don't, uh, let's go to another one which I love and I think you might have a bit of trouble getting around. Um, this is a singer from Canada, Loren, and I'm just kind of floored by this. Um, I think it's definitely a testament to how all over the shop I end up going on each episode of International Marmalade. Because I wouldn't have ever thought I'd be including a real, like, old-timey country song on a show have like this. Have you told this. people what it's called? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's it's called The Day I Lose My Mind. Um, and it's, it's off an EP called Morning and Melancholia. But really, Morning could have been spelt M-O-U-R 
N-I-N-G, because, uh, gosh, this is such a sad song. Um, I did a bit of research about it, and I believe it comes amongst the midst of some significant grief uh, that Loren was going through, and perhaps, you know, of course, potentially still is, um, losing an ex-partner in a car accident, I think. Um, yeah, I literally ordered the vinyl of this EP the other day because I just listened to it once, fell in love. Yeah, I just, I love it. I, I don't know anything about Loren other than she's been around for a little while. The film clip's really fun in a weird sort of way, given how sad uh, this whole EP is. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think the voice is really unique and interesting to listen to. Um, and yeah, the lyrics are kind of devastating. Yeah. Outside of that, I found it a bit boring. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Um, like, the, there's no change in the song. It's very much like... And, and I have always been a fan of like folk music and things like that, so it's not that I don't like music that is you know quiet or ballady or anything like that because i mean i talk about alexander biggs every fucking day um <laughs> you know angie move yeah. i really do like that kind of music i just the it just didn't grab me like it's not that it was a country song either i found that probably the most interesting part i think her voice is really fascinating but outside yeah. of that it, it didn't feel like it went anywhere but if it served the purpose that um i assume she um yeah. intended it to serve, then great. But for me, I, I wouldn't put it on again. Yeah, I think um, the rest of the EP doesn't get as country. It's definitely within that um, folk realm. It reminds me a lot of someone like Bonnie Prince Billy, if you know of their work. Um, that sort of alt country, but kind of almost outsider country as well but it's not the it's not the country part that i didn't like yeah 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 no i i and it I, was just it felt like it started here and it ended here and it didn't go anywhere else like it told the story that it wanted to tell yeah but other than that there wasn't any dynamic in the production there wasn't any dynamic in the voice there wasn't yeah i just felt like it was very one note all the way through but again everyone's different and likes different things <laughs> so why are you laughing at me i'm trying to be nice and diplomatic getting back to how i started this off i was right <laughs> <laughs> not that that's what it's all about but our, our aims at the moment is to find a song the other person is not gonna like <laughs> that was not my aim with cold orchids i really like no. that song uh Let's let's hear some though. Uh, let's let's see whether you, dear listener, agree with myself or Gemma. Don't add us, uh, but you know, maybe maybe do if 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 you're a fan. Obviously, at me. Let me know. Uh, this is Loren with the day I lose my mind. The day. The day I lose my mind 
late at night Your voice, it still wakes me I reach out with my arms open wide That was Lorraine with The Day I Lose My Mind uh, I reckon I'm still winning Winning what? This winning. isn't a game. <laughs> no, I know. I don't um, know. ISO's doing okay. weird things to me. Yeah, look, <laughs> I'm the same. Again, it's AFLW trade and sign periods, and there's footy, men's footy for 20 days straight, and the Super Netball is back, so I haven't slept in four days. Um, <laughs> can you tell I'm a bit manic at the moment? Uh, my next song. So, as we said at the top of the episode... Of course, one of us was going to choose a song from the new Taylor Swift record. Um, I really like this record. Uh, it's called Folklore, in case anyone hasn't seen, but, you know, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Where have you been um, if you don't know even what it's called? Yeah, I think my issue with the internet, <laughs> whenever someone like Taylor Swift releases a record, is that... Everyone needs to have a hot take about it and everyone needs to like have a controversial opinion about it or needs to prove they know more about music to be able to talk about it. And it's just like this weird dick measuring contest between mm. everyone and it just like it bothers me so much, which is why I tr- like I don't get involved in these conversations because I don't claim to know more about music than anyone. I just know what I like about a song or I like about an album. So that's what I want to talk about on this episode because that's what these episodes are about. It's not about, you know, proving that you have the best vocabulary to explain why a record is good or bad, which sounds ironic given I have a podcast about new music. But realistically, (laughs) uh, I want to tell you about how it hits me. So I've chosen the song This Is Me Trying. Mm. Um, I really love how her vocal is kind of mixed back in the production. It makes it really dreamy. Like, this song is really dreamy. Um, You know when people describe dream pop or dream folk kind of music? Mm. That is what this is, 100%. Um, Something that Taylor Swift has always been really good at is songwriting. Mm. And it's interesting that you chose a country song. And I've got the hiccups now. And we're talking about Taylor Swift because, you know, started as a real country artist, merged into pop, and now this record is more indie kind of pop maybe um it kind of is merging styles and Mm. i love how the thing that has stood up across all of that has been her songwriting and i think this um format or this kind of sound has been able to showcase it best so far maybe yeah yeah like so i haven't properly gotten around the record yet um, I want to, you know, spend a proper amount of time with it to give it seemingly from all the hot takes out there, um, yeah. you know, g- give it the time that it seems to be worth. Um, I definitely appreciate that she's embraced a sound that perhaps some people weren't expecting her to go down. Um and yet, to your point earlier, definitely has the songwriting chops to to back it all up. Like she is a masterful uh, songwriter and a person that really has a deep knowledge of song craft. Yeah. Um, 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It, in some ways, it's not a. I'm not surprised that she went down this route. Uh, it obviously it feels obviously like Bonnevere and um, the Desna brothers. Is that? Yeah, from the national. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but to me, the first person I think of is someone like Phoebe Bridges, who has sort of mastered this kind of sound. Um, I don't know. It's still also very clear that it's a Taylor Swift song, though, too. Like, yeah, I I don't think it's that far removed from what she was doing. Like, no, same. Yeah, every every record has kind of a ballad or a slower song on it this is just probably a bit closer to that but with fuller production maybe is all it is like i don't think it's that far away and that unexpected from her maybe a full album of it is but yeah. these songs like you know it's a, even without knowing that it's her voice you know that it's got that feel about it i yeah. just think like it's so weird and I know people on the internet are weird. I'm a woman that writes about football, so, you know, people on the internet fucking suck. But, like, mm. it's weird that people are getting angry that she's made a record that sounds like this, like, because she's stepping on the toes of people that make that kind of music. Like, it's so weird to me. But people are just having an issue with it because she's a woman who holds some power within music. Um changing her sound up a bit and stepping on a stepping into an area which historically has been dominated by by male musicians that's yeah that's half the furor about this which is just a giant flaming piece of bullshit um <laughs> there you go that's my hot take um i mean i it's it's interesting because it has gone both ways like, Junkie have decided to remove all bylines from any reporting on this record um, and any record by a prominent pop artist from now on because fear of what happened to the... I think there was a review in Pitchfork and that reviewer started getting phone calls in the middle of the night from Swifties so saying, why didn't you insane. give it a 10? Yeah. I mean, they gave it, like, an 8, I think, which is, you know, it's Pitchfork. They... That's that's pretty good. Eight out of ten is pretty good. Um, I mean, I understand this idea of fandom, and you you live and die for for the person that you're a fan of or a stan of in this case. But yeah, it's like it has gone both ways. I think like she's brought this whole army of of fans into this new space, 
they don't know this space. This is also a space that's typically not dominated by cultures of standom. So there's this big kind of clash no, but, here. But you can't say that a lot of these other publications haven't written about Taylor Swift before. Like, it's just... I don't know. Like, it's weird. Uh, I'm trying to phrase this the right way. Yeah. I think it's unfair to phrase it blaming Taylor Swift for creating music that sounds like this, for creating fans, uh, for, for for encouraging fans to go after someone like a Pitchfork reviewer. Yeah. I- which is like, Taylor Swift just releases music and then people go fucking crazy, whether they send death threats to her because they fucking hate her, or whether they send death threats to someone that wrote about the music. Like, people are fucked. Yes. And a musician just trying to release music that they want to be able to create, like, yeah. shouldn't be blamed for that? No, no, no. And I and I definitely don't attribute any kind of blame to anybody. Like, it's just it's a, just a big kind of clash of cultures, really. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's probably sort of more an accurate on. way of saying it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I really love this record. I also really love 1989. Like, yeah. I still listen to that a lot. I mean, when I was allowed to leave the house, I'd listen to it when I was driving. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, but yeah, like, this is, I've, I've been, obviously, being at home and working from home, I've been kind of rotating between podcasts and music. Um, and it's so much easier to just set an album to play than it is to, like, find a playlist or queue up a whole bunch of songs. So I've just been, like, putting this, the record we're going to speak about next, and then um, the Gordy album, just kind of mm. on repeat back-to-back. And it's a really nice, like, mishmash of kind of styles, but they're all really great songwriting back-to-back, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this album is great. This song I really like because This Is Me Trying is such a, like... It it's almost like a ah uh, what's the word I'm thinking of where someone thinks that you're not trying to fix something or you're not trying to be better or something like that. It's like this like I'm trying to do, do these things. Like this is the way I'm doing that. How else do I need to express that to you? That this is me trying to do that. So yeah, uh, I, I felt that like in my bones this year because you know career change uh, at a really bad time <laughs> when everything in the in the career you've gone into uh, has collapsed so mm, yes mm, I feel mm. it I feel it hard this song um, yeah. yeah anyway should we hear a bit of it let's do it this is called this is me trying it's by Taylor Swift and we'll be back That was a bit of This Is Me Trying by Taylor Swift from her new album, Folklore. Mix, you have your final song to chat about. I do. Uh, For those that are perhaps of my era, uh, you might, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Is that born in the 80s era? Withering old man era. No. um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, born born mid-80s. I was born in 84. Um, 84? Yeah. 
I know we talk about your age every time, but I'm always <laughs> shocked. Because I just seem like a young spring chicken most most of the time. 84. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. My older brother was born in 89. Oh, El- He's the only 80s person in my family. My partner was born in 89. Oh, she's older than me too. Yeah. <laughs> We're all older than you, Gemma. That's not. Uh, when that's are not you? Like ninety-two. It's ninety. Ninety. Like ninety. Okay. Yeah. My younger brother is ninety-two, so that's our family's like little range, eighty-nine to ninety-two. My poor mum. It's only six years. It's only five, four years. I mean, between you and I. Oh it's yes. Only six. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's all good. Did you know? I found out. I was doing some stats the other day, just to intrude on your <laughs> song choice. I was doing some stats the other day and one of the really impressive young guys at the Swans um, I saw that his birthday was the same date as mine. I was like, oh that's cool. And then I looked at the year, I was like oh my god, he's exactly 10 years younger than me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, and it, get used it to that. killed me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a common maybe. feeling. I've, Once he hit 30. Yeah. Very common feeling. Hopefully not in isolation, if everyone does the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to hit 36 and in isolation. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully you get well, to go Well, yours is meant to be the end of isolation yeah, party. first day. Anyway. We'll see. Yeah, first. Fingers crossed for all of us. Yes. Anyway, uh, you have a song yes, to talk about. Yes, I do. Uh, so for those of you that did grow up in... Back in the 90s and started to listen to great music in the early 2000s. Uh, and especially listen to that indie electro dance stuff, which was everywhere. You probably know the name Annie um, from Norway, I think. I probably should have checked that before we pressed record. Um, <laughs> definitely a Scandinavian pop, pop artist. Uh, so she... Her debut single came out in 1999, believe it or not, 21 years ago. Probably, uh, that single's probably older than some of our listeners, Gemma. It's it's older than the majority of my students. Yeah, I made a joke about Napster the other day in class, (laughs) and most of them had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, (laughs) oh my god. (laughs) Um... Addie's debut single was called Greatest Hit. I mean, you're off to a great start if that's how you get in the ball rolling. Um, it's sort of this, you know, that Euro disco progressive dance kind of electro indie stuff that was big back then. Um, her last EP was released in 2015. Yeah. But her last record, I think, was in 2009. So it's been a while between between releases. Um, but yeah, this one is called "The Bomb," and I mean, at the pardon of at the risk, sorry, of sounding a bit cliched. Uh, gosh, this is such an explosive song. Um, you meant to only have one of them an episode. <laughs> You've just had two now. What was my other one? I don't know, you said something in the intro that made me groan. <laughs> oh, that's that's my uh, number one motivation for doing these episodes now, is just to make you cringe. <laughs> make me roll my eyes. Yeah. Oh, I have to edit this too. I have to listen to it twice. 
Um, yeah, so this uses dialogue from a 1988 film, Nuclear War, Thanos uh, Thriller, uh, romantic movie called Miracle Mile, which I knew nothing about. Which is a Cold War Kids song. Oh, hey, there you go. It's all coming together. Um, yep. It's. I started watching all these mini little reviews uh, on on YouTube. Um, it seemed to have. It was a film that flew under the radar a bit, um, but it seems amazing. Um, the dialogue that sounds like Oprah Winfrey, but it's not um, in this <laughs> in this song is from that. Um, and I don't know the the repetition of SOS just feels very of the moment. I really, really liked this. The first thing I wrote down in my notes was, what is the vocal sample? So thank you for clearing that up for me because I did not go to the effort to find it myself. Um, (laughs) The other thing is, it reminds me a lot of a local artist named Nussi, um, which makes sense because she's really trying to push into that kind of Scandinavian pop dance realm. Mm. Um, This immediately made me think of Nussi, which is pretty cool. Um, I like this a lot. It's obviously got the kind of nuclear war bomb type theme, which is obviously in the name of the song, but also mm. the whole way through it feels like that as well, which is pretty cool. It's um it's a really cool song. I've said cool so many times, I'm really sorry everyone. No, no, that's that's alright. I mean I, I like how minimal <laughs> the vocals are and how it kind of drops into this kind of breakbeat, drum and bassy kind of groove at times. Um yeah, it's very it feels very progressive, but yeah, uh, within the broader realm of pop, especially from that part of the world, who's yeah been known for making progressive pop for a long time. So, yeah, feels like she's back at back at her best with this new one. Heck yeah! Should we listen to some of it? Yeah, let's do. This is a bit of Annie's new single, "The Bomb." That was a little bit of Annie with her new one, The Bomb. Gemma, you're going to close this out with with a familiar name to International Marmalade. Yeah, literally zero surprises I've chosen Glass Animals. I'm sorry, everyone, but they just released a new album as if I wasn't going to choose a song from it. Uh, The new album is called Dreamland. It's all about nostalgia and, like, early tech. So they're getting excited to see people playing it on iPods and, um, yeah, all of the imagery and stuff. Do you remember that Simpson? Remember Simpsons in the IMAX thing where he's like in the world, the like tech world. Yeah. Type yeah, yeah. Thing? yeah. That's kind of, except for the color scheme, that's kind of think that when it comes to all the imagery for this. So it's more like pastel purple and blue and things like that, but it's very much that early tech vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I've chosen the song called Tangerine. I remember them playing this. So they came and they did a tour 
in small rooms. Um, they were trying to play all the rooms that they first played when they came to Australia. So Ding Dong Lounge is no longer around in Melbourne. So they played Prince Band Room um, and went went there. And this was kind of testing out Joe's ability to tour since the accident. Mm. So for people that don't know, um, Joe was hit by a truck a number of years ago um, and had some serious brain injuries and body injuries and it was bad um so they've slowly been working with him to get him back to drumming and then to touring and recording music and all that sort of stuff so it's incredible to see where he's come and Mm. um yeah so they played the shop prince band room and i remember when i was speaking to them afterwards because um i've interviewed them a number of times and they're incredibly kind people um talking to joe afterwards he was like showing us the scars on his head and stuff and it's fucked up like it's full on um wow but it's so great to see them able to do this and i know there's a pandemic on or whatever but the fact that they're at this point and that he's at this point is remarkable and so fucking awesome and then for it to be backed up by this incredible album um I remember them playing this song that I think didn't have a name at the time when they were here um, at Prince Band Room. And straight away, I was like, these are like Acapulco vibes, like 90s Florida in a sitcom type vibe. Um, Does anyone remember? (laughs) Does anyone remember? I'm talking to the listeners now. I'm not going to get an answer. Um, Does anyone remember the Seinfeld episode where Kramer and Newman are making sausages in jerry's kitchen and the music they're playing on the radio that is immediately what i thought of (laughs) when i listened to this the first time um that is such a specific uh recall moment yeah yeah but it's the music they're playing on the radio it's definitely that's what they're hitting but Mm. it's a really modern take on it um it's just really smooth and yeah i just love this song so much yeah i think you you kind of hit the nail on the head with smooth it's yeah yeah there's something about the intersection of the bass and the the percussion um yeah i sort of love this song um <laughs> like i mean it was literally last episode that we recorded where you spoke about glass animals did i yeah 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 so i'm sorry uh no i mean i thought oh of course it's another glass animal song it wouldn't be a, a show Hosted by Gemma Bastiani without some refs to Glass Animals. I have all my notebooks sitting here <laughs> from this year because I was doing something before. I'm going back to find my notes. You spoke Continue. about heat waves. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the idea of, for me, for that song from last episode, is this idea of the Toms kind of, kind of structuring the song in a way this time round, I feel like the songs sort of in a much more subtle way, but build around the bass. It is yeah. so subtle, uh, but, but yeah, adds this, obviously bass has this wonderful ability to add depth to, to how you understand melody and how you understand songs. I can't I found my notes by the way. Can't read through the pixel edits green. Um, yes, I did choose it. I'm a pol- <laughs> sorry to everyone for choosing the same band two weeks, two episodes in a row. These episodes are so far apart, though, that I just forget. Like, I, oh, this yeah. is two notebooks ago, mate. I had to go through two <laughs> notebooks to find this. Two, you've gone through two notebooks in the space of a month. 
Nearly three. Wow. I just hit my mic. Sorry. I smashed through them. Um, yeah, I did cover it. I'm sorry. Uh, this is two highlighters ago as well. <laughs> <sighs> um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I look, I'm very grateful that you chose it because this has been a real jam over the last couple of days. It is such a jam, isn't it? It's yeah. just like you can't listen to it and not be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't stop just doing a bit of chair dancing. Yeah. You know, the most yeah. dancing I'm doing at the moment. Because, <laughs> you know, otherwise, regular dancer, I'm not. Dear listener, I'm not at all. Oh, I am absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I've like, seen Like, I remember... No. no, you haven't. No, I was going to You say, absolutely really have haven't. not. I remember when I was, like, 16, and I was going to a party, and my mum said, don't dance, you'll embarrass yourself. Oh, oh. Oh no! <laughs> but I don't dance. Like it's just not something I do. I don't want to do it. But I will like bop along. To yeah, the song yeah, yeah. If I'm listening yeah, to it. Yeah, I'll move, but I won't dance. Yeah, that's where we're at. Anyway, should we hear some of this? Let's do it. It's called Tangerine. It's by Glass Animals. Uh, but make sure you go and listen to the full record called Dreamland because it's unbelievable. <laughs> That was Tangerine by Glass Animals. I acknowledge that I said the word unbelievable weirdly. Unbelievable. But I'm not going to change it. Yeah, I said it weird. I <laughs> thought I got away with it, but apparently I did not. Um, that's all of our songs for today, Mix. It is. It's, it's, it's all done. I've, I'm very grateful for this one moment a month where I get to actually <laughs> connect with somebody else. Um, no offense <laughs> to my dear, wonderful partner, but... Um, you know, in this weird time in isolation, it's good to have these regular sorts of meetings, even if it is just to record a podcast about our favourite new international jams or international marmalades, so to speak. Yeah, come on, mate. <laughs> sort yourself out. Um, yeah, it has been fun. I, You were like a little bit weird, like feeling a little bit weird when we first jumped on, not having a go at you, just like... Hopefully, I've lifted your mood a little bit by yeah. being an absolute moron. Oh, um, uh, well, join the club. I can't say words properly. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about? Ooh. Uh, or just what are you doing with your life in isolation? What are you passing time with? Well, work, teaching. If if there's a very, very slight chance that any of my students listen to this, <laughs> I haven't told them about this show. Uh, don't know if I should. No. Um <laughs> Uh, well done. I hope you're studying. I hope that test. <laughs> hope you did well in the in the tests in that first assessment. Um, you know, I'm very encouraged by all of you. But but keep going. Uh, you've made it so far. You just need to keep on making it. You'll be all right. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's a wild time to teach in, but it's I couldn't imagine being a student in this time. Um, yeah, just navigating that. Like, this is not, you know, the whole idea of this is not what you signed up for. Um, yeah. 
hopefully I've, yeah, I've sort of been thinking a lot about my own teaching practice, really, as boring as that sounds, um, and sort of figuring out and feeling confident in the fact that I've sort of found my online teaching style because I, th- I thought, oh, no, this is going to be horrible. I'm never going to find this. But I feel as though I sort of found it now, which is which is great. Yeah. I think for me, also teaching, I think the issue for me has been able to connect with students one-on-one. Um, yeah. Like, as a group, it's been fine. The engagement during class has been pretty good and we've worked out ways to make it better. But just being able to, when you're in class, like absolute physically in class, if students have a question, they can come up to the front and you know, go through it with them and things like that. Whereas in a online class, you have to, you know, arrange a different time to have an individual chat with them. And it's just so much harder to keep them engaged that way, which has been difficult for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's that one extra barrier that a student has to go through, um, which for some prevents them from, from getting any of the help that, that would have been easily accessible had this been face to face. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, but other than that, what are you doing with your time? Are you watching anything good? Um, oh, we've... this is what I ask my students at the start of every single class: is what have they been doing? Like, what what Netflix things or what Ooh. podcast can they suggest to me? What have we been watching? We've been watching something. Um, oh, we've been <laughs> we started to watch Twenty One again. It's on Netflix. It's like a British reality ex- show slash social experiment kind of show where these young women, some of whom are 21, but I think the range between the ages of 16 to 23, you get their mums who clearly don't understand what it's like to be a a young person now. They dress them in young person's clothes. They They give them a full makeover. They give them brand new phones with dating apps. And these mums have to essentially participate as a 21 year old go out on dates um it's really interesting just hearing that generational kind of divide and the but also what brings those two generations together is that obviously that that connection of family and and the general kind of love that happens between mother and daughter um yeah it's it's i've only watched one episode so far but l has seen little bits of of the others and that's a big recommendation. If you can kind of <laughs> get get past the oh my god, a reality TV show about British folk. No, like it's it's quite interesting <laughs> and pretty funny. Some of the mums are hilarious, god, and some of the daughters are hilarious think, too. If I like to my mum, would I do that to my mum if I were twenty? Oh, yeah, I definitely would not do that to my mum. I just don't think there'd be much... Like, I never dressed like a 21-year-old, if that makes sense. Like, I've literally worn jeans and a band t-shirt my whole life. That hasn't changed. (laughs) And, like, my mum wears that, so... Yeah. There's no difference. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I'm boring, maybe. That's probably what it comes down to. No. I act more like my 61-year-old mum than my (laughs) mum does me. Anyway. Um... That's a cool recommendation. Is that just on Netflix? Yeah, that's just on Netflix. Uh, yeah, I can. I've been listening to other podcasts. I literally just thought I'll open up my podcast app to see what's see what's recent. Um, 
what have I been listening to? I've been going through the back catalogue of Nancy, just because it's been a show that I know lots of people have spoken about, about essentially LGBT culture, predominantly from America. Um, that's been pretty interesting. What else? Um, I'm opening mine now. I've been, yeah, smashing through podcasts, actually. There's a, a new episode of Mich- The Missing Crypto Queen, which is quite interesting. Oh, okay. Um, if no one's listened to that, it's it's fascinating. It's all about this scammy cryptocurrency and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I have also been listening to The Sneak. I listened to Guru, um, which is a Wondery podcast. Um, I've been listening to Office Ladies, and oh, yeah. there's another one that's just come out from another cast member called An Oral History of the Office, which is just a shorter one, which yeah. goes through detail of how the show actually evolved from a um, a technical sp- perspective. Like, this is how the show got pitched. This is how it got picked up. Blah blah blah. And like, yeah. it's quite interesting. If you if you like The Office, it's really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a few like that. There's a yeah. I've got a bunch that. I have been meaning to listen to but haven't gone into yet as well. So I'm not going to recommend anything I haven't listened to yet. There is one that I listened to a while ago, but I was reminded of it recently uh, called Brain on Nature. Um, A little while ago, last maybe last weekend or the weekend before, I went to AudioCraft, the um, audio storytelling podcasting conference, obviously participated online um and the first session of the day at 8 a.m was from why was it at 8 a.m what the hell well, there was there was a reason for it there was a, it was only a one day conference this year i think i think in previous oh, years okay. it might have been two days but they yeah. uh smashed a lot into the one day um the first one was for around this podcast brain on nature and they got all of us to either go for a walk or go outside with our recorders and just record like five to 10 minutes of audio. So I just put my phone onto my back fence, recorded the birds and the, the tram screeching down the, down the main road. Um, and we sent them all in and they're going to compile them all and create some very, very long, like two hour long soundscape. Um, but yeah, which I love. Um, Brain on Nature is a really interesting show. Um, the host had a bike accident and as part of her rehabilitation discovered that being out amongst nature, uh, had a significant effect. Um, and the show is essentially about unpacking the evidence for that, uh, narrating her through her own personal lived experience of it. Um, it's beautifully produced. If you're interested in really sound-rich podcasts, Brain on Nature is one of the best things I've listened to in the last 12 months. Well, I do think just, like, being outside makes such a difference. Like, I've oh, been... Yeah. While, we're, while we're in lockdown, like, I've... My normal routine in non-pandemic times is twice a week I'll go and sit outside at a cafe and work from there for a few hours and, like, that's a mixing it up as someone that yep. works from home all the time. Um, and without being able to do that, I've just been sitting, <laughs> I've been moving my coffee table onto my balcony and sitting there for five hours a day when it's not too cold or raining. 
Mm. And it makes such a difference to your day, like even just the structure of your day, having different times and different places to work from has been quite good. So, yeah. 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 That's something I've been missing this time around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, my balcony is on a main, like faces a main road. So it's still like, it's not nature, I guess, but I have plants. I sit amongst my plants. (laughs) But that's the thing, like... That's something, right? There is something about, especially when we hold up outside, inside, sorry, about just listening to, to what's happening outside. And it could be that it's just cars going past and the occasional bird, but it's a different kind of sound and just spending time tuning into that. Um, also just, like, fresh air. Yeah, especially with, with some fresh air can be... I know for me that can be quite therapeutic, for want of a better word. But, Get so much more done as well. Yeah, yeah. But even just not not doing any work whilst doing that, oh, just resetting for like. But even if it's five minutes, I can't do that mix. I can't do nothing. Uh, so I, I'm a very good. I'm very good at doing nothing. Um. Anyway, um, that's cool. So yeah. that's some podcast recommendations. Yeah. What What do I have to do? Um, obviously. With AFLW trade and sign period, I'm all over that. So if you want to hear, because people have been asking my opinions of every trade so far. So if you want to see them, uh, follow me at GL Bassiani on Twitter and I'm covering everything there. Otherwise, um, Siren, which I've mentioned every episode, uh, my women in sport platform that um, I co-founded with six other amazing women. We've been doing some really cool stuff around the Super Netball season that's just returned. Um, I'll be doing a full recap of Trade and Sign period next week once it's all over. Um, yeah, there's lots of really cool stuff. I interviewed a cricketer named Molly Strano, who's incredible. She's the leading wicket taker in the um, WBBL. Um, and we talked about being both um, of Italian heritage and... Mm. When I interviewed her, we spoke about the expectations that are put on the only girl in the family um, by grandparents and things like that and how the isolation period has made us look at those things a little bit differently. And it was a really fascinating interview and then talking to her about a cricket as well was so great because she's so frank with the way her career's gone and just so honest about what forced her to change specific things about her game. And as a fan of sport, I find that really fascinating. So, mm. yeah, being able to do some really cool things over at Siren. So um, head over to sirensport.com.au and um, subscribe to the newsletter or just check out what we've got going on there because it's uh, the thing that's keeping me afloat this year with uh, all the pandemic stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I know Mix isn't a big old fan of sports, so um, and I shove this on him every time we talk. So, well, I do it to everyone that I know. So <laughs> I'm not going to apologise because it's just the person that I am. No, but that actually sounds really interesting. Talking, talk, especially talking about family expectations and and how isolation's sort of making us maybe re- reassess some of those or think through those in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And it's funny tonight. I actually. I'm working on this. um, So I worked with one of the co-founders of the platform, Kirby Fanwick, who is an incredible writer. Knows like loves to dive into history of sport and things like that. She's amazing. Um, She also did an audio documentary called "The First Friday in February," Mm. which is all about the first AFLW game, Mm. and you would love it because it's all about the soundscape and things like that. Um, 
I worked with her on a piece last week that was about the $40 million the federal government has given to Fox Sports to cover women's and niche sports and how it's misdirected and, and things like that. Yeah. So we worked together on that. We've actually also, for longer than that, been working on another piece that I won't tell you about just yet, but I love working with Kirby on stuff like that. And tonight I get to conduct another interview for that piece with a head AFLW coach. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to them, even though they're currently in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be done at a really weird time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm getting to do all these little things that um, if there was more live sport on or I had more work and things like that, I wouldn't be able to do. So I'm trying to find those little bright spots. So, yeah, if if the VFLW Super Series and the um, NAB League girls and all that sort of stuff was happening, I wouldn't have time to do these sorts of things. So it's uh, silver linings, I guess. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway... I've talked enough about sport. Uh, should we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, where can people find you, Mix, if they want to follow you on social? Uh, you can go to at Mix Everett. That's M-I-K-S-E-V-E-R-I-T-T uh, on Insta and on Twitter. But as we've Yay. established, <laughs> not as active on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, go go follow us. And yeah. I am far more active on Twitter where I am GL Bastiani or Australian Jams. Um, if you just want to hear about music, uh, Australian music, that is where to follow Australian Jams. Otherwise, I'm GL Bastiani or on Twitter, um, Gemma L Bastiani because GL Bastiani was taken and it made me really sad. <laughs> um, this has been International Marmalade episode number five, which is a bonus episode in the Australian Jams feed. Uh, I've been Gemma, that's been Mix, and we'll be back in another month to talk about more international music. See ya. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 